and welcome to the Lifestyle Herbalist Podcast, where we hope to inspire you to have a healthy dose of happiness. I'm your co-host, Dabney Vaccaro, clinical herbalist and health coach. And I'm Sabrina Cooper, registered culinary holistic nutritionist and herbalist. Join us as we dive into the art of herbalism, mindfulness, and healthy lifestyle practices to help you achieve a happier and healthier life. Whether you're a seasoned herbalist or just starting your wellness journey, we're here to provide you with the insights, tips, and inspiration for a more balanced and joyful existence. So grab your favorite herbal tea, sit back, and let's get a healthy dose of happiness together. Hey there, welcome to the Lifestyle Herbalist podcast, where we hope you get a healthy dose of happiness. I am your host, Dabney Vaccaro, clinical herbalist and health coach. And I'm your co-host, Sabrina Cooper, culinary holistic nutritionist and herbalist, excited to bring this really important topic on digestion and elimination to today, one that so many individuals have issues with um, on so many different levels. And so I'm really excited to dive in to this topic with Dabney. Absolutely. So today we're going to be discussing digestion and elimination. And I don't know about you, Sabrina, but some people get really um, turned off when we talk about the word elimination. But it is a necessary part of our our being because our digestion um, and elimination can tell us a lot on how we're doing health-wise. So, um, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, it, it for 100% for sure. And I will just say that on elimination, interestingly enough, that I was reading this Costco magazine that came in, not that I'm advertising for them or anything, but, um, and it was actually, there was an article about... Um, it's an interesting thing yeah different shapes and the different colors and what to look for and and that we should pay attention to the elimination process so um yeah very true so how would you how would you know if someone is suffering from a digestive issue so you know it's a lot of the symptoms that one just thinks oh it's indigestion or things like that but you'll get the bloating you'll get the constipation um you'll get some uh, diarrhea heartburn pain nausea those are just some of the symptoms of a digestive disorder and um there's also can be bleeding and um it cannot just be like you know from um a hemorrhoid where it's red but you'll actually see a darker almost black stool which causes you to know that something's going on in the digestive system and um so those are kind of things that you would start to, to notice because those aren't normal symptoms um where so, uh, many of us get used to these symptoms and think they're normal symptoms but they're not normal right yeah, so yeah. It's um, interesting condition yeah, and it's interesting that you use the word normal because if somebody has had this condition for most of their life, to them it is normal. Right. Um, exactly. I remember one of my uh, dental um, hygiene um, patients, a uh, young woman. Um, she graduated uh, college. She was a teacher, you know, professional, bright, articulate. Um, but she presented with chronic gingivitis, like her gums were always bleeding. And so we we had worked a couple of years trying to figure out like what's going on. She was doing everything necessary, you know, as far as what I had asked her to do and what she just was telling me she was doing at home. And it was obvious she did had very little, you know, calculus and plaque on her teeth. So I challenged her to do an elimination diet. And when she did, she could not wait to come back um, in six months. She was so excited to see me. She told me that she found out that she was gluten sensitive 
and that the pain in her belly that she thought was normal had finally gone away. Right. Isn't that amazing? Like yeah. to her, that pain in her belly was always normal. That was her normal thing. Mm -hmm. But it yeah. wasn't until she looked into doing something differently that she realized like, wow, this isn't normal. Yeah. So I'm always surprised to find out how people who really do have a problem don't even know they have a problem. No, it's very, very true. And, or sometimes just playing it off as well. You know, um, you can just be like, oh, well, I was stressed and this is probably why I didn't digest properly. Or maybe it was just a one-off or it was the food or this, but if you're constantly having it over time, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to sort of look and get to the bottom, uh, like the root problem of it. Right. And, um, because as you know, there are, um, there's a lot of chronic conditions and like, it, it's, it's pretty common. Yeah, it is pretty common. Um, actually, about 20% of the people in the U.S. complain about GERDs and heartburn. Um, and, you know, I notice with a lot of my my hygiene patients, you know, one of the things we do is we always ask about their health history. And I'm surprised how many of my patients are on these heartburn medications or acid-reducing medications for a long time. And um, I did a research paper about this um, acid-reducing medications. And actually, um, the FDA only recommends that people use these medications for no more than seven days and no more than twice a, a year. And I have patients who have been on these medications for years. It affects yeah. our bone health. It affects our stomach. Like there's a higher incidence of, you know, issues with like stomach cancer with overuse of some of these medications, but you know, unfortunately, it seems like we just take a pill and go rock on and don't really think about, well, what is the root cause of this? Why is my body screaming at me? Stop doing this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we just take a Tums and keep eating whatever it is we want to eat. Yeah. You just pop them like candy and then you think, oh, that settled that. And, you know, on to the next and until you eat another big meal and it affects you again. And you think, oh, it was just a big meal. But uh, like we've said prior, it's over and over and over again. It's really taking a toll on your system. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's also estimated estimated that one in 133 Americans have celiac disease. Now, um, but there's actually 6% of people um, that actually have a gluten intolerance. And this is according to the Cleveland, Cleveland Clinic. Um, and I will say there are... I, I'm running into more and more people who seem to be more gluten sensitive. And so the sensitivity sometimes shows up as bloating. Sometimes it's itchy, like a rash on the skin. Um, and it shows up differently for different people, but by eliminating that toxin, because what it is, is your body saying it's, it's a toxin to you. Um, by eliminating that toxin, it's amazing how much better your body will feel and just clear headed, like, one of the symptoms with um, being gluten sensitive is that you just feel foggy headed and tired and it causes constipation. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people do suffer sometimes from it and don't know that they're suffering from it. Right. right. So you do something like you had mentioned the, the elimination diet right. and there's a lot of push at times for elimination. Oh no, 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 it's not, you know, um, but elimination diet can sometimes help it's not long term obviously um, but it does help get to the root and and realizations of things like a gluten sensitivity yeah 
Um, ulcerative colitis is an inflammatory bowel disease. It affects as many as 900,000 uh, Americans, and the symptoms are similar to Crohn's disease. Very painful, but you know we know that inflammation really causes a lot of problems, uh, chronic problems, not only in our digestive system, but just our overall body. Um, IBS, or irritable bowel syndrome, affects up to 45 million Americans. Diverticulitis affects about 5% of the people. So as you can see, there's just a lot of people who suffer with um, digestion issues. Um, and the primary cause is inflammation in that gut lining. There's been a lot of buzz, though, about leaky gut, Sabrina. Tell us, what is leaky gut? So all those symptoms that you talk about in the, some of those, um, you know, IBS and IBD and, and diverticulitis, there are a lot of autoimmune diseases or disorders, um, conditions, and um, it is starting the buzz about leaky gut. And what it is basically is that the GI tract or the gastrointestinal tract possesses a unique barrier that absorbs the beneficial nutrients, and then it's supposed to eliminate your harmful bacteria. However... When this, back, when this barrier isn't working properly or it malfunctions, the gut lining forms these little openings or these little holes. So think of it like a little space and food part of the entry. So this, this little space allows food particles to enter um, and bacteria and unwanted toxins into our bloodstream. So it's going into the wrong place, right? We're getting this little seepage of stuff into our bloodstream instead of going to the gut. This is what is referred to intestinal permeability, also what we call leaky gut. So there is this little name for it. Um, so when the when the molecules breach the barriers or move across um, the barriers within the body and reach places where they shouldn't normally be, then the immune system responds by releasing a surge of inflammatory chemicals to combine to fight that that injury that they think is having to body. And this results in the symptoms that you were talking about. So some of the bloating and the, in the digestive issues um, and the various immune uh, autoimmune diseases. So like we talked before, the, the symptoms are the bloating, gas, constipation, rashes, shortness of breath. It can even be joint and muscle issues. You know, if you're getting all of a sudden you, you're not, you work out, but you're all of a sudden maybe not work or you don't work out and you feel this pain in your, your bones and your, and your muscles um, can be a sign of something that's going on in the gut. Um, you're all of a sudden create, having these food intolerances where you're running to the bathroom or, or throwing up or showing signs of, or, 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 or having shortness of breath. Um, we're getting this sense of anxiety it can lead to anxiety, anxiety and nervousness and a lot of mood swings, which we're talking about can be like the mental fog, um, mood swings. So you're, you're shifting all of a sudden, you don't know why, um, that also can be part and parcel with the leaky gut and the autoimmune diseases that come with it are the rheumatoid arthritis, irritable bowel syndrome, eczema is a big one that people just think it's just a skin condition, but that's also something that's going on in your body. Um, chronic fatigue syndrome, psoriasis and also um, liver dysfunction. Wow. That's so a lot. those are just some of the things. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like we don't realize how important our gut is and, and how much it's taking on. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about it later, but I'm sure you've heard about the brain gut Absolutely. connection and the axis and everybody's read about that and how they're kind of, they're similar. They work together. So if there's something going on here, you'll feel it here. And if it's here, you'll, you know, they work together. So um that's, that's part yeah, of that. that reminds me of a story. I, I have a patient, I had a patient while well, she's still my patient. Um, 
I've been seeing her for, I don't know, eight, nine years, very vibrant woman. She's retired, um, volunteered for her church and her food pantry. It was just a sweet, sweet lady. And she had an antibiotic um, because she had a sinus infection or something. At the end of, end of it, um, she ended up with C. diff. And she really struggled with getting her gut back in order. Um, and for those of you who don't know what that is, the nickname is death by diarrhea. Um, it just really, just really wreaks havoc on your whole digestive system. And so she really struggled um, for a number of years trying to get her system back together. And here we are today. Um, and so now she's she has really bad dementia. She's not that old, but I cannot help to think that it may have all started with the C. diff and the right. struggle that she had getting her microbiome back in balance. And it truly did affect her, her mind. It's very sad to watch. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, like infections, bacterial infections, fungal infections, viral infections, parasites, all of these can release toxins into the gut, um, which in turn damage the, the gut lining. And we don't really think about it, you know, just think it's about of something we'll, we'll get rid of it and done wash our hands clean and, and and move forward. But we have to realize that we also have to see what caused that and how can we repair what happened to our bodies because of that stress on the body, right? So that's one thing. And then what happens usually is we might take some sort of drug, a penicillin, we take over-the-counter drugs, which also then is another thing that can affect the gut lining, right? And yeah, even, um, even Tylenol, like people pop Tylenol, yeah. Advil, like, you know, it's like they have a chronic pain or they have a little bit of a pain, have a headache, people self-medicate. And that yeah. has a negative effect on our gut microbiome. It disrupts it. Disrupt a good bacteria and it, and, and it doesn't give the body term time to um, re-inoculate the good bacteria because the back, bad bacteria is constantly getting fed, right? And we just don't have time to repair. So we get this bacterial overgrowth and dysbiosis, um, which then in turn leads to the discomfort of the bloating, the acid reflux, the diarrhea and the constipation. And what, what the bad guys like in the gut is really, they love sugar. And I don't know about Canada, but here in America, sugar is like laden in every single morsel of anything that you purchase. <laughs> and so there's, there's a definite ongoing feeding of the bad guys, the bad bacteria. So when somebody does even use something you don't think much of like mouth rinse, you know, there, that's an antimicrobial, which means it kills bacteria. You can't help but to swallow that. That's still going down into your belly. Okay. And so it's causing a disruption of that balance. And then we're feeding it with sugar things and carbohydrates. And then what happens is we just have an overpopulation of, of bad bacteria that then yes. leaks into that leaky gut. It's incredible that the like fruits and vegetables are so expensive and like junk food and processed foods are like on, on like so much more inexpensive than actual good produce right and we can yeah. reach that um and take in foods that are there's no nutritional value and will only cause har harm to our bodies 
instead of spending a little, just a little bit extra and like fueling our bodies more, like bag of apples instead of a bag of chips, but you're going to get more out of that bag of apples, right? Right. Um, and you could dry them and make a healthy snack. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, here we have so many, there are lots of foods and things that are subsidized. Sugar is subsidized by 65%. So it makes it very inexpensive for people to purchase it and use it. If we had to pay the real price of sugar and certain foods, we probably wouldn't, uh, couldn't afford to buy it. But sugar really isn't a food. It shouldn't be sold as a food. It's only like a substance and it's a toxic substance in my mind. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I agree. I mean, it gets worse than some of the toxins and the substances that are, you know, out there. So it's highly addictive and um, yeah, it's not really good for anybody. No. And, you know, as dental professionals, we see, we see the ramifications of the overuse of sugars as it, it causes oral, oral disease as well. Yeah. And, you know, and so with, with these, with the gut lining and intestinal permeability, it's a bunch of things that happen, right? It's also like, so we have the over thing, we have the alcohol, the caffeine are also not great. Um, we have stress, most of us deal with stress, some form and some form, uh, which means that the body, um, the physical, emotional, financial stress can send the body always into fight or flight, um, which means that their digestive system is not working pro properly. Um, and digestion is not becoming a priority because we're always running and we're always running. Like we're not like do how many people actually sit and eat for, like before, you know? Uh, so it has an effect on our microbiome because we're not giving our bodies that time to digest um, we're not fully appreciating the food. And again, it's affecting the brain and the gut. I've heard people talk about, um, maybe I heard on a different podcast, but the speaker was talking about when we eat, our body is ready to start digestion. Like our digestion starts as soon as we see the food, it signals our brain that food is coming. And so it starts that saliva flow so that we can start emulsifying our food in our mouth with our teeth. And then it goes into the belly where it again starts to get broken up by the hydrochloric acid. Um, but that's our body's system in doing things. But when someone is eating on the run, like you were talking about in their car, moving from place to place, like our body can only do so much, right? So our brain is looking at the traffic and we have cars all around us. And so, it's not going to be able to digest our food very well as we're, and probably we're not sitting and chewing our food very well. So we're kind of engulfing um, our food. So it's going down more whole bites rather than being chewed up really well. We throw it into our belly. Our belly isn't really able or has a moment to die, start the digestion because we're busy on fight and fight trying to get to from point A to point B. So we're just living in this adrenal overload and we're not really even... Uh, digesting our food, not until hours later. Yeah, it's, it's, we really need to be slowing down and taking the time to really pay attention. And sometimes, you know, I, I get that it can't be helped or, you know, you're sitting down to do something and then like you're getting cold somewhere like a child or, you know, things like that. But trying to carve out time is, is really, really important. So that's a little bit about 
some of the ways and causes and symptoms, um, some ways to address it that I like to deal with clients and I've dealt with in the past is to address it with a, a rule that I like to call the four R's. So basically it's remove, replace, remove, replace, re-inoculate and repair. And those are the four R's. So so basically removing is, as Dabney said, eliminating um, the irritants for a period of time. Um, some of the main harmful foods like your um, gluten, dairy, alcohol, certain vegetable oils, refined sugars, and things with food additives, the artificial sweeteners, um, you know, multipliers like uh, sodium and artificial coloring, trying to be mindful about labels and trying to keep it very simple Um you know, food regime for a little while, that's a really big um, step. And, you know, you shared your story about how that made a difference with your patient who realized after elimination that gluten was the the factor. And then what happens is once you remove everything, you slowly, we should mention, you slowly bring in one item at a time to see mm-hmm. what item is actually the trigger. And it could be a couple could be dairy and gluten it right. could be because with dairy most of us don't have the the lactase enzymes so that's what what causes like that's needed to digest dairy so many for many of us that's one of the main culprits right right um, yeah right yeah so what are some herbs Danny, like uh, for removing your uh, irritants or for um you know maybe helping while we're doing an elimination that we can add in to start soothing some of the, the the damage that's been done? Yeah, great question. Um, I have this blend that I love using. It is agrimony, um, meadow sweet, and chamomile. And um, they're very soothing and they're great for the digestive tract. And it helps to just reduce that inflammatory response. Um, and so I, I recommend that for people who are having some type of a digestive problem or they're just not sure if they have a digestive problem or just trying to seek just some, some information to find out, is this something I'm dealing with or not? It's a good place to start by just using some of these very gentle herbs and just to sit back then and reflect and see, see if they're feeling better, see if the digestion is moving better, um, if they're feeling better, maybe less foggy headed. Um, it's amazing when we get our gut right, how the rest of our body just kind of falls in line. So true. Replace is the next one. And, um, by the time you, you have realized you're going to have impaired digestion. So, um, you want to add in some enzymes, beneficial enzymes and bitters to help restore the stomach acid and support the digestive process. And, you know, um, a lot of us herbalists and holistic nutritionists will use tinctures and um, uh, different enzyme products um, to help with our guts. Um, Dabney, are there like some bitters that you've used with your patients or have you yeah, uh, I love, I, I'm a go-to. I'm pretty simple with my recommendations. Dandelion is just very plentiful. And mm-hmm. dandelion root and leaf are just wonderful in aiding digestion. It helps to secrete that bile um, that helps with um, just the um, emulsifying and getting things through the body. Um, it stimulates the digestive secretion. It helps the gut and it actually supports the microbiome. I love that. There's there's a few um, like sarsaparilla can help improve gut microbiome. It's a blood purifier. Most people think about sarsaparilla is the 
is a root that's in root beer. It oh, has okay. that kind of um, flavor. It's it's really, it's kind of a sweet flavor as well, but it really helps to improve and restore that microbiome. Which is nice because a lot of times when you're on these elimination, because our body is so used to getting the sugar um, mm-hmm. form, right? We're so addicted, that addiction, it almost, that herb could help alleviate that feeling or need for something sweet. Yes, yes doing something good for you which is a nice nice thing and that's the thing i like about this tea blend with um having meadow sweet and chamomile because to me it tastes sweet anything typically flower wise is a little bit sweeter um so it just it kind of satisfies that sweet spot on the tongue so that you're not as likely to grab something that you might regret later <laughs> i love it there's another one, schisandra. It's an adaptogen. It also aids in digestion and it helps to increase the bile secretions as well. So a lot of these herbs have multi-purposes, but there are so many that are just really great for the stomach and the digestion and elimination. I mean, it, between food and, you know, um, herbs and um, bitters and things like that, we like really can repair the damage that we make on our our guts and another really great thing to is to re-inoculate the good bacteria which we can often do through all of these things through food Um, but we also sometimes need a little help because the damage may be greater than just doing foods and herbs so you would want to um, add in I don't know about you but I like to add in a probiotic a pre and probiotic into my daily lifestyle Um, that's my little healthy dose of happiness, Mm -hmm. um, because it helps me with, um, better digestion and it supports my immune system. Um, it will help, you know, if I've had, you know, just keep me on track, right. Help my gut keep on track, but I make sure that it's like a high quality supplement and, um, also, you know, some L-glutamine and, um, digestive enzymes. Obviously we talked about that. So, um, there are just some things I also some I will also use. I've all, always said licorice root and marshmallow root are, are a couple um, and aloe. Um, I like adding in that too sometimes. So um, yeah, what are you, some of your favorites or do you use? Yeah, I like those as well. Um, so, you know, when we're thinking about just things that we, we are familiar with, you know, our audience is familiar with just turmeric and ginger Turmeric helps mm-hmm. to dissolve and prevent gallstones even. So there are some folks yep. that are just really, you know, they're plagued by their gallbladder and gallstones. And turmeric has been known to actually prevent and dissolve gallstones. So those Amazing. are just things that are, you can find the root at the grocery store. You can use the powder in your cooking. Um, ginger stimulates the digestive secretions. Um, you can take it with meals. You can take it after your meals. And it just helps us, it stimulates the secretion of the flow of bile and gastric fluids. And those are things that we can just add every day in our food um, that just really help our our body to, to do the things it needs to do naturally. Which leads us to the repairing. It helps us repair, right? All these foods exactly. help us repair, re-inoculate and repair. Um, and like you mentioned, the turmeric and ginger are awesome. And we also, the onion, onions and garlic also help um are, are really great i know some people are a little bit worried about like you know smell and this and that what i like sometimes to do is just steep it in a tea form uh, onion like or garlic or sure a little uh, turmeric root some ginger 
then I make a little bit of a, a drink with that. Um, and I'll drink it that way. Um, it really, really helps, especially um, if I'm feeling, you know, not great with the belly. Um, also, a real good one is bone broth. Oh, um, we take that for granted sometimes, but a good bone crunch, you know, they used to say chicken soup cures us all. Well, you know, it, it's got the amino acids that so, um, strengthens and preserves the gut barrier. It can soothe the digestive mucosa and it um, attracts digestive juices to the gut. It's easy to digest and absorb. So definitely um, something great to add. I know it was a big craze and sometimes it, things fizzle out, but it's definitely um, one that can be used um, for that. And also chia seeds. Chia seeds is one that I really like as well. It's mucilaginous and it's soothing to intestinal tract. So having a good chia seed pudding in the morning uh, is a great way to start your day or even as dessert, let's say you could have after a meal. Um, it's rich in fiber and omega three fatty acids, which helps repair the intestines and increase intestinal permeability. And um, it's a source of magnesium. So yeah. it can release, um, help relax the muscles, right? That we need to help with the digestive tract and reduces the intestinal permeability. So those are a few of the ones that I really like. Um, what are some others? Fermented foods, obviously. We include those because they're rich in probiotics. Mm -hmm. um, miso, you can also, I mean, a good way I just did was a salmon. I did a miso um, marinade on top. Mm -hmm. Get your miso in. You could do the miso soup, which is easy. Just take the miso water, and that's a really great way, almost like a bone broth, but it's yeah. easy. Um, easy ways yeah. to include miso, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sauerkraut, kimchi, Sauerkraut, all those kombucha. things are really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pickled vegetables is a really easy two way to do it. You can have pickled vegetables. Um, carrots are really great because vitamin of the vitamin A um, helps um, mucosal, mucosal healing and um, supports the integrity of the intestinal barrier. Um, and it has fiber, lots yeah. of fiber. So the, right. you can use it to like break down and, and, and mushrooms. We've talked about mushrooms before. Mushrooms are really great as well. Um, they contain vitamin D and a uh, source of zinc, which heals up, um, this, uh, seals up the spaces between the cells and helps with the gut lining layer of the gut repair and polysaccharides and a bunch of other great things. So those are a few of the favorite foods. Um, maybe there'll be a way that we can add some recipes or ways to incorporate these foods into the diet. Yeah. Uh, we can maybe I'll maybe I'll do a couple posts on Instagram that we can share. And uh, yeah, but those are, are, are some of the ways that you can help start the repair of your gut lining um, things to to incorporate into your diet and um, and get that healing going because you want to reduce that inflammation. And another great thing is sleep. I don't know. We talk about sleep, how important sleep is. It's very important. Um, cause it can alter the gut bacteria can worsen inflammatory bowel disease symptoms, um, and release, um, increase the production of inflammatory chemicals. So I know Dabney, you've spoken in past podcasts about some herbs, um, ways that we can maybe get a better sleep or help feel mm -hmm. rested or yeah. maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. But I think before we jump into that part of it, I wanted to add just, um, when I first got into herbalism, it seems like most of my clients who were coming to me were people who were trouble with their elimination piece. 
And it was mainly because they were dry. Okay. And some people don't really think about our tube as being, it should be nice and slippery and smooth all the way through. But as we get older, our skin becomes drier, our tissues become drier, our eyes become drier, and our digestive system becomes drier. And so I think it's really important to talk about the essentials of just good fat. And, you know, we went through this fat-free craze for such a long time, and there's still people kind of stuck. And I still see there's still food that's fat-free. But guess what? We need fat. We need fat. We need something nice. Good nice fat. Food. Yes, good fat. Something slippery to take take down everything through our digestive system so it doesn't get stuck. And I'm amazed at when people tell me that they eliminate once every couple of days. It shocks me. Like there should be, you know, that's not enough. Like there should be a really good elimination at least once a day. Twice is even better. But ideally, every time you eat, something is moving through. Ideally. Yeah. It should be. Uh, yes, it should be. But I'm just amazed how many people just don't go to the bathroom that much. And it's because they're dry. They're eating processed foods. Their their gut microbiome is all off. And so I think it's important to, to talk about, you know, just the good fats and how important that is in our digestive system as well. 100%. You're right. I'm glad you you got that in before sleep because definitely elimination is a big part of, you know, feeling okay. And if you're not, then you just start, uh, you get those, uh, also those symptoms of bloating, discomfort, you're foggy because you're having all this waste. Yeah. You should tired. People just feel tired and lethargic. And, tired. and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to see, but you think, oh, I'm drinking enough water, but it takes a lot of uh, other things other than water just to get you going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I saw with my mother-in-law when she was not well and she was not eliminating nor, you know, not only she was, you know, bedridden for a little while. And I think part of it was the fear of having to get out of bed and not eating and, you know, but the pain that she would be in, I'm like, you, you know, and the discomfort was hard to watch, you know? And yeah. I realized like, you know, after days, like, and then you start, it gets concerning because, I mean, she wasn't eating a lot, so there wasn't much to eliminate. But if you're not going to the washroom after three days, like, you better start kind of paying attention because you don't want that in your body for that long. It's toxins. It's probably going to be a trip to the emergency room because, yeah. you know, you it's got to go. It's got to go. <laughs> That's why it's, you got to eliminate it. You got to, you're eliminated. You're out. Like, you got to get out, right? So, yeah, um, exactly. So some, I mean, the good fats, obviously, you know, Dabney, right? Avocados are really great. Coconut milk, coconut oil. Um, yeah, butter, ghee. Um, butter, ghee. I mean, if you're dairy free, milk is one of the things. Oil. Mm-hmm. Olive oil. Um, just be careful of the vegetable oils. Like I had mentioned before, you just want to be careful of some of those um, because some of them excessive omega-6s can alter the gut bacteria. Yeah, and they're inflammatory. Yeah, I did a little inflammatory. So more stick to your, uh, you know, uh, uh, cold pressed olive oils, um, like Dabney said, pumpkin seed oil, that kind of thing, right? Like you want to really yeah, focus. and just and just having like seeds, you know, seeds and nuts and salmon, all of those are great sources of fat. So there you go. Just make a piece of salmon, with a little miso on top, and uh, mm-hmm. you're like 
feeding yeah. your gut some really great things, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But back to sleep. So yeah, um, I have I have people who um, wake up and they just can't get back to sleep, and maybe they just got the wheels spinning of all the different things going on through their life. Um, and so I love passion flower. Passion flower um, is a great, great way to a great herb that helps yeah. with just sedating and just letting sleep. But when I say sedating, doesn't mean that you've taken drugs and you can't get up the next morning. Um, but uh, it is certainly um, an herb that helps with sleep. Um, I also like motherwort. Motherwort is another herb that's great for helping um, the wheels stop spinning. Um, Skullcap. Uh, but it's um, Lataflora. It's um, Scutellaria Lataflora. There is another Scutellaria that is... Um, not for sleep. You don't want to take that one. You want the Latifloria. Right. So it's important to pay attention to those botanical names because there are similar ones that um, they look the same, they sound the same, but they're very different. Um, so you want to make sure that you're getting the right herb. And valerian is another good one. Valerian root is another herb that's really helpful for sleeping. Um, yeah, holy basil. I think about holy basil. We talked about this in another uh, podcast, but it can actually help with digestion and what as well, mainly because of the calming effects of holy basil. When we think about things not moving, it's tension, right? We're tight, we're tense. And so by using some of these herbs that can help relax, then it actually relaxes our muscles, including our, our, um, our um, digestive system and allows things to move through more adequately as well. I like it. Yeah. And I think we've covered a lot of, you know, the leaky gut, um, digestive and elimination in this, in this session and gave some food for thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And so I think about <laughs> happiness and this is a little bit silly, but you know, you think about if you have a pet, when you go outside and you take your pet for a walk and they do their elimination. They typically kick up their heels. They run around a little bit and they just feel so much better. And so they're happy after their elimination. And I think if we thought about that too, then I think we would all be a little bit happier if we could eliminate in a more um, adequate way and get it done every day, at least. Well, and I love the dog analogy because dogs definitely have, uh, you know, they eat you know, once or twice a day, but they usually will drink water and mm -hmm. they eliminate after each meal. Right. And same with babies. I mean, babies, a lot of babies uh, usually have pretty good digestive systems. I mean, you yeah. have that chance, like, you know, if something, if they're not eliminating, then you know, there is an issue, right. And you're aware of it. So why yeah. we need to start paying more attention to ourselves as well. Right. We well, I know my, things, my so grandson, um, when he was really young and they were trying to get him to go and use the potty. Like he would hold his um, BM for a little while and he would actually get cranky. And his mom would say, if you just go and poop, you're going to feel so much better. <laughs> but he would actually like his demeanor change. Like he would get grumpy because he, he had to go poop and he was waiting for his little pull up to come on before he, before he would go. So he could do it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> So there you go. You know, so just be mindful, right? Let's all be mindful. 
So make sure you're taking care of that gut, right? We want to make sure we're supporting it, get some good probiotics in there, some foods with probiotics to help re-inoculate all that, you know, stress that you're putting onto your system. And um, stay tuned for our next podcast. We're, we kind of go as we're like, oh, what should we talk about now? Tabby and I, you know, or, or somebody might be like, can you talk about this? And so we're like, oh yeah, that would be good. We'll keep that in mind. So yeah, and please leave your comments. Let us know um, what you're what you're learning um, and how we're doing. We really would love to have your feedback. Remember to consult a healthcare professional before making any significant changes in your diet or starting new herbal remedies. 